Amen. We're going to make our way back to Hebrews chapter number 2 tonight. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 2. And uh, <laughs> look at some things tonight that uh, prompted both by uh, our current study in Hebrews and where we were uh, this last week uh, looking at uh, the idea of being uh, or giving more earnest heed uh, to the things which we ha- have heard, uh, lest we should let them slip. I think it's important uh, uh, t- today more than ever uh, that we stay true to uh, the gospel. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about that even earlier, you know, um, with some of these phrases that we're going to read in this text. When we share the gospel with people, uh, they need to understand um, that Jesus, Jesus came uh, and he shed his blood as the propitiation for our sins to appease uh, the wrath of God that demanded it. And, um, and when we tell people about Jesus and we, we share uh, the good news with them, uh, if we don't explain uh, what he did, we, that they're a sinner that needs a savior, uh, then we're making a huge mistake. In fact, I just really wish people who don't do that would just stay home and quit doing it. Uh, because because they're, they're just helping people um, to be a, a twofold child of hell uh, and, uh, and not helping anything at all. They're making it worse. Uh, and so we, we have to be able to uh, explain, as a soul winner, as a Christian, simply explain um, why, why Jesus came uh, and was born, died, was buried, and rose again, uh, and it all has to do with, uh, with God's satisfying um, the need for um, sin to be forgiven in his wrath. And, and, and by the way, uh, as we read some of these verses, uh, I know like um, uh, Jesse and I, we were talking about um, Trumps, the, not, not like you know, the ones that were in the White House, uh, the, the trumpets uh, uh, that sound in 1 Corinthians and Thessalonians, etc., and, uh, um, and some of the confusion about, um, you know, is it both or what? If people who have a um, mid- or post-tribulation rapture uh, don't necessarily look at those verses, um, but one of the things that help us to understand the context of all that is because we're saved, uh, we will not suffer the wrath of God, all right? Uh, because through the, the propitiation um, with Christ shedding his blood for our sins, um, God has, his wrath has been satisfied when it comes to that. So as a believer, uh, the, the tribulation period is part of the wrath of God. And, uh, and as a, so we're not going to go through it. So if you have difficulty trying to reconcile uh, the prophetic timeline, um, you have to understand that we will not, so it can't mean this if we, we're not going to be subject to God's wrath. And even when it says the last trump, uh, even during the millennial period, at least once a year during the Feast of the Tabernacle, uh, there are going to be trumps, uh, trumpets going off uh, for, uh, once a year for a thousand years. So even when we read about the last trump, uh, those trumps being those seven trumpets in the book of Revelation signifying this, the, you know, all of that, um, there's differences between all that. I was trying to send you a link earlier today, but I couldn't get it to go through on the email or the text. Uh, and, uh, and so um, there, the Word of God uh, lays these things out for us, and, and it's a wonderful thing. Now, uh, when uh, we were reading about um, and talking about last week uh, the angels, 
um, in, uh, in chapter number one, and that God, uh, of course, sent his son. Uh, and, uh, and then it says in chapter number two, therefore, uh, so he lays out this case, therefore we have got to give more earnest heed uh, to those things uh, and defend the faith uh, and, uh, and all that. Let me also say this real quick while it's on my mind on Sunday. Uh, in our theme verse, our text verses, um, in Hebrews 10, um, 23, turn there real quick in your, in your Bible. Um, Russ Ogden, after the service, came up to me and showed me his Bible uh, that he had, and then um, he also showed me some of the Pew Bibles. And in his Bible, in the Pew Bibles, uh, it says um, um, hope instead of faith. Um, so to let us hold fast the profession of our faith is what your Bible should read. All right? So if uh, you have a, 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 a King James Bible um, that says hope there, um, most likely what has happened is that you've purchased a Bible from a publishing house that publishes all kinds of versions of the Bible. Uh, and so the AV, the 1611, like every, I went back in every Bible that I own, and mine says uh, faith there. And so the, the translators, when they did all of that, um, made sure to leave it faith because of the context and with chapter number 11. And then that word faith there in the profession of our faith encompasses our whole profession of faith, our hope that we talked about this last, uh, this last week uh, in his return. Uh, but it's, it, it's, it's holding fast to all of it. So that's why the King James translators left at faith. And you can go and look at all kinds of common, nobody disputes that in, in a lot of the you know, commentaries and those types of things. But when, if, you're, if the King James version that you have in your hand says hope, get a new one. All right? Because the publisher's been playing willy-nilly uh, with your Bible. Uh, and, uh, and so, um, and, and most people don't notice that. But you probably noticed it on Sunday when I kept saying faith. Uh, if you have one that says hope. And uh, so if you, buy, if you buy one from a Christian bookstore, um, you know, uh, typically it's Zondervan uh, and all these publishing houses that, that aren't, they're not of the King James uh, only camps uh, and, uh, and don't really hold to that. So they'll, um, they change that because they think that it was translated faith, faith as an error. And so they took it upon themselves to, uh, to put uh, hope in there, all right? So a little housekeeping, uh, house cleaning, uh, if you will. Uh, and, and so that, that might end up being that I pull all these pew Bibles out of here uh, and leave them out uh, at the, in, uh, the interim. Uh, but uh, so I won't ask you if yours says hope. Oh, I guess it doesn't matter because it's not your fault. Uh, but, um, but if it does, if it has hope in there, uh, I, would, I would at least feel a little kind of, uneasy that you might have a few other changes in the version that you have in your hand. Now, is that fair enough? And uh, so if you need, if you need help uh, making sure that you're getting an AV, uh, an authorized version, uh, King James Bible, um, without those type of subtle changes in it, uh, um, uh, let me know and we can help with all of that. All right, is everybody good? All right, so if you notice the same thing on Sunday, I just wanted to, uh, to mention that tonight. We're going to be reading in chapter number 2 uh, in a moment here in uh, verse, number, um, verse number 10. 
was, we were having a conversation. Uh, Autumn was there. I think it, it might have been over at the graveside when that guy said that. And this guy was talking to us about um, uh, his dad uh, when he became a Christian uh, from um, being a Catholic uh, as, a, as a gypsy. Uh, and they were talking about praying and stuff. And this guy is saying all these different, a bunch of different things. Uh, and he said, you know, in reference to praying, he, he said, my dad, he's like, before he, before he understood, you know, that Jesus was God, um, in the flesh, in understanding a triune God, Trinity, he, he was said he'd pray to Jesus, but the way that he explained it was that he would pray to Jesus because the Father's hard to talk to, was how, he, was how he put it. So he had prayed to Jesus because the Father's hard to talk to. Uh, when you think of, uh, of, of God and all of his you know, characteristics, uh, that he is a, a just and a, a holy God, uh, uh, and uh, a terrible God, the Bible describes him uh, in that way. Um, but he was basically explaining this like it was an error. He didn't understand that God was a triune God. But there was also uh, in that um, a modicum of truth in the sense of, it, he didn't think of it in a theological standpoint, um, but I wanted to explore that just a little bit in this passage of Scripture. Because when we pray, we know Jesus is our high priest. Right? It's a triune God, and not to get into all the particulars of the Trinity and uh, explaining it, because I've been saved for uh, a, a long time, and I, and I can't completely explain the mystery of the Trinity to people. Uh, and, uh, but we believe God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one God. All right, um, but, but when Jesus, when, when the Son came, God in the flesh... God made some comments about all that in the Bible, uh, and I w- that's what I want to look at uh, tonight. That conversation and where we were at prompted me because it was right, right there uh, in Scripture. So verse number 10 in chapter number 2 says, For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. Now, the captain of our salvation is who? It's Jesus. Uh, and, and so God had a plan, uh, and uh, he made Jesus, the Bible says, a little lower than the angels. Uh, he became man uh, in verse number 9, that he would taste death for, by the way, every man, not just an elect few, uh, but, for, but for every man. Uh, that, and he was made perfect through suffering. And I want you to note that. For both he that sanctifies. Uh, sanctifieth, and they who are sanctified are all one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church, will I sing praise unto thee, and again I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I have uh, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. That's, the, that's man. He took on the seed of man. It's important to note. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest 
in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. All right, we'll stop there. Um, I read this story uh, earlier today about a, a, a little boy whose mom came out uh, and, and his, his hand was in the cookie jar. And so mom was like, you know, uh, what, are, what are you doing, you know? And, uh, and he said he was, he, was, um, enduring temp- he was enduring temptation, like he wanted to take it, uh, but he wasn't going to. And so he was just putting his hand in there uh, to, to, to ward off and to fight temptation uh, and was doing a good job. Um, but when you think about temptation, temptation temptation's not a sin, all right? Um, if, if it was a sin, then we're all doomed uh, because Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Uh, so temptation isn't a sin. So if you're tempted... Um, to, to steal a cookie, all right? Um, uh, temptation itself is not a sin. Um, the, how we're drawn away with our lusts and enticed and we do it, there's like a chain of that in the Bible. Uh, but the Bible says there's no temptation given us such as common man. God gives us a way uh, to, uh, to resist uh, temptation. It is a sin to make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof or um, you know, to put ourselves in, that, in, in, in those places to do that. So we can think of on technicalities, right? If it's, uh, you don't want to eat cookies, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a sin to be tempted to buy the cookies at Safeway, right? But if you buy the cookies and take them home, it, then it might be a sin for you, right? Because now you're making provision for the flesh. Like if you promise God, you're not, I'm never going to eat another cookie in my life. I mean, we could, we, could, uh, we could look at it in the terms of like alcohol or whatever. It's just, you know, I don't understand somebody who buys a bottle of alcohol and then stares at it, stares at it, and finally pulls it down the sink uh, like they've, you know, did some big, great, victorious thing for God. Um, they still need to confess it as sin because they shouldn't have bought it and made provision for the flesh. Are you following me? So there's a subtle difference. But temptation is not a sin, all right? Uh, and, uh, and we know that uh, because uh, Jesus uh, was, was tempted. Uh, so, in verse number 18, so that he could succor them, uh, help them, uh, furnish aid to uh, those that, uh, that are tempted, all right? Uh, and, uh, and that's why, you know, when it talks, the scriptures speak about our high priest uh, who knows our infirmities, um, he, he knows what we're going through, but he, he knows it in a way uh, that, I, that I don't think uh, the gypsy man's dad necessarily understood, um, and he was more right than he was wrong uh, in the things that he said, uh, but, uh, uh, and I'm going to explain that a little bit tonight. It's a little bit deep of a Bible study uh, this evening, so, so bear, uh, bear with me. Uh, tonight, so um, knowing that Jesus is our high priest, that He knows our infirmities, uh, the Scriptures here is kind of laying out that case all the way through um, uh, the Book of Hebrews, um, and uh, and when it talks about, well, turn with me to um, Philippians two seven, real quick. 
So Jesus, while you're making your way there, um, he, was, he was made uh, human. He was the God-man, the, in, the incarnation, the, uh, the, the hyperstatic union of Christ. He was 100% God um, and 100% man. I used a term weeks ago called, you know, oncology, uh, speaking of like a metaphysical type of a thing where it's talking about uh, matter and things like that. Jesus never stopped being God uh, when, when he came as his son, all right? He was, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. Uh, and I was trying to explain to somebody um, Jesus never, uh, he never, um, he didn't sin in his, uh, during his, uh, his life here on earth. Uh, that means, you know, he didn't lie. Um, he didn't backtalk his mom and dad. Um, he, if he was told to clean his room, he cleaned his room. Uh, because to not do it would be disobedient. All right? Uh, and, but we somehow, we've, we've thought of, that Jesus, you know, uh, was more like he seemed like man than he was man. Uh, like if you, when you think of um, uh, Jesus uh, as an infant, like, you know, if it wasn't, he didn't, he did not have in his, in his state as being the God-man, 100% God, his omnipotence, his omniscience, all those things were intact, but as as uh, a man, he, was, he subjugated himself to the will of the Father. All right? And I'm going to read some verses that will help us to understand that. Uh, you know, he said, not my will, but thine be done. Uh, other, you know, a bunch of different things. Um, but, but like baby Jesus as an infant, um, you know, if Mary was saying, you know, playing coochie with him, baby Jesus wasn't thinking, uh, I'm a baby right now. Uh, but I'm also God Almighty, and uh, if you only knew uh, who I am, uh, and thinking all these things in his, in his God mind as an infant, he was an infant, intact as, you know, a God, but he became man. Uh, and, uh, and the Bible says that he, he, he did this, uh, verse number 16, for verily he took on him the nature, not the nature of angels, but took on the seed of man. Uh, and, uh, and he did all these things uh, to be made like unto his brethren. All right? Uh, in verse number 17. So I had you turn to Philippians 2, verse number 7. It says, uh, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and he was made in the likeness of, of, of man. Uh, and, uh, but it says in Philippians 4.15, uh, it, uh, no, um, not that one, but he's, except for sin. The, the Bible, I had the wrong reference, but um, except for sin, he was like man in every fashion. Uh, he is tempted in all points like, like everyone else, uh, yet without sin. Uh, Philippians chapter number 2, that's what I was wanting you to go to. Philippians 2. Uh, verse number uh, five. So in, in actuality, while it is true that Jesus, the Son of God, in the womb, at birth, and throughout life, he retained all the qualities of omniscience and omni, uh, omnipotence, omnipresence, um, he placed the exercise of those things uh, at the discretion of, of God the Father. 
All right, let this mind be in you, verse number five, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of, of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things of, uh, uh, of earth, etc. So we've got to understand that Christ's awareness that he was God um, as he grew uh, as a man, all right, on earth, uh, is, uh, was at the, was, only became as a man aware of that as God willed it. Like when he said, this is my son, like when he's 12, I've got to be about my father's business. Um, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, and uh, in, in times like that, uh, in the life of Christ as we read, uh, as we read the Gospels. So um, he, he, he said in John 5, 19, um, Verily I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son uh, likewise. So the point I'm trying to make uh, in kind of the beginning part of this is that the, what the gypsy was saying is like, I talk to Jesus because the Father is hard to talk to, uh, was profound and he really didn't know that it was. Because we're to pray to God the Father through the Son, but the reason we do that is because Jesus, the Son, is, is our mediator. Uh, he's the one that sits at the right hand of the God, he, uh, right hand of the Father. He is our intercessor and we pray through him because of, of what he suffered uh, as, uh, as the God-man, uh, as, as God in the flesh. He was tempted. See, we don't really, we don't suffer temptation in temptation. Um, but the Bible says that he did. And when you think about Jesus and, you know, when the devil and throw yourself down, if you're God, this and that, and tempted of the devil in the wilderness, he suffered through temptation in a way that none of us can fully understand because he did it and didn't sin. We're tempted, and even though we know that God's given us a way of escape, we will follow through with temptation uh, with, with lust and et cetera. We're drawn away and enticed, uh, and then, you know, uh, then we do it. Uh, today, all day long, uh, well, several times today, not all day long, I passed the bus candy bin uh, that's, uh, that's in the office area there. And, um, and I know a lot of you struggle with this because I hear the lid open up quite a bit uh, during church time. Uh, and uh, and so, so every time I pass it, I want to have a piece. And there's much to be said about, you know, if it was under the table, I wouldn't see it. You know, I, I, at home, I don't, I, don't, I don't want cookies hardly ever until one of you send them home with Amy uh, and they're on the counter. And so, so I see them and then I want them. So if I, if I don't see them, then you don't want them. And there's, there's some science behind all of that, you know. Uh, put it in a cookie jar, put the cookie jar in the pantry, uh, and you'll eat less cookies, guarantee you. 
all right? And uh, so, um, uh, temp- I'm, I don't like, I'm not suffering because I want to have a Snicker bar, okay? I'm tempted. There's no suffering involved uh, in that, really. I mean, uh, we might think we're depriving ourselves and we're suffering that way, but we're not, we're not um, there, there isn't a suffering uh, that's necessarily uh, involved in the temptation. Now, I, I, ate, some, I ate some today. Uh, right for the service, I was getting kind of, I had an excuse, I was getting kind of, I took some medicine, was getting shaky, uh, having taken it and not eaten, and so I thought, well, I guess I need to eat one then, uh, and, uh, and I ate, there are many ones, so I had a couple, a few, um, probably more than a few, uh, yeah, to be honest, but um, so Jesus, only in, as the God-man, God in the flesh, we're trying to understand how he is um, effective, the efficacy, the 100% you know, efficacy of us going to him in prayer as our high priest because of what he went through and endured uh, as the God-man uh, and, and why he did all that, which makes him really um, uh, perfect uh, as uh, our, our priestly mediator. Um, in verse 17, in the second part of it, it says, where, well, I'll read the whole part. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be, notice what it says, a merciful and faithful high priest. Uh, so he was, he's our perfect uh, priestly high priest mediator because Jesus, uh, his experience in human flesh uh, as um, we read, in order that he might become a merciful and high priest, uh, it, it, it was it made him a mediator who is first and foremost one who is completely merciful. Um, you know, for example, if you're driving across, uh, you know across the country and you see uh, an accident victim, you know, lying you know in the road or whatever, uh, and with no one to assist them. Uh, you you might ache for the person you might you might feel for the person um, but you m- might not be anything you can do so you just continue to to drive on um, it, why because we're we're unmerciful we don't we don't show mercy be merciful one must act uh, to alleviate another's pain uh, Jesus repeatedly modeled that. Uh, in, uh, as we read in the Gospels, uh, it, he had compassion uh, on the hungry. Uh, he had compassion on the ill. Um, compassion, I've said, without action is only pity. Jesus is, is, was made like us uh, as, as men, uh, human beings, so that, so that we can have a perfect mediator. Uh, so that he could be completely merciful uh, in all that. So our merciful high priest, uh, he, he understands um, what we are, we're going through. I alluded to this recently where I, you know, somebody passes away and we say, we know, what, we know how you're feeling um, when, we, when we really don't. Uh, it's, he, 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 he was tempted in all points. And not to get bogged down in all that, it, he was tempted perhaps to, you know, take one of his mom's cookies when she said no. Um, but he was tempted 
if it's an all points, sexually. If it was an all, all points, it was all points. Everybody with me? So, so as man, he is tempted yet without sin. Uh, and that's why it always it drives me crazy when, when scholars or skeptics or whatever, um, they try to twist the Bible and, and to make Jesus out to be a sinner. And, and don't really understand the, the, the danger that that is to, theologically, the foundation to everything that they believe. Um, even like I've talked about it many times where our salvation hinges on one comma uh, in the Bible where it says in Jesus and where it says in two other comma malfactors, uh, speaking of the thieves on the cross, if there, if, if there were two other malfactors would make Jesus a malfactor. So why every jot and tittle of the word of God is important? It's not because you're, you know, the preservation of God's word, inspiration and preservation that he promised, it's important. Down to the commas and semicolons or whatever. Um, words, uh, words like faith and hope. It, they're important. It's not just because I'm, you know, whatever, and I don't want you to, you know, the King James is just hard to understand, and I can't I just read one that's easier to understand? It isn't anything like that. In fact, many of the modern English versions have words in there that are harder than the King James words. And so uh, it isn't, you know, uh, people make fun of Baptists all the time for that position. And they have, they have no real understanding as to how vital and important uh, every jot and tittle of God's, of God's word uh, is to us. And, uh, and so it's, you know... Um, well, um, I said recently, like you can, you know, you don't got to go to church to be a, a, a you know, uh, to love Jesus. And I said, you don't got to go home, you know, because uh, you're married either. And, uh, and I got some, you know, rolled eyes and stuff. But think about this way. All good husbands are compassionate and merciful when their wives give birth. Right. So but how much more merciful uh, would they be if they had the experience of giving birth? Right? Uh, you know, um, uh, think, of, think of what I'm talking about in that way. So Jesus um, was tempted at all points, in all manner, like we are. It's like, it's like if a, a man was to experience, you know, having a baby in every way in their body, their hormones, the pain of childbirth, 100% they'd be more merciful. Uh, and all the ladies are agreeing, the guy's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and so if we experienced it, we would understand it more. So, so Jesus, as our high priest, experienced every level of temptation um, and by the way, he's, he was tempted in all, he's probably tempted in things that you haven't been tempted in, 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 uh, in that aspect. So him, Jesus, God in the flesh, he, him being made, he, was, he, he wasn't um, until, until God, you think of five-year-old Jesus, 10-year-old Jesus, 12-year-old Jesus. We don't hear anything about his, his life until he was 12, really, from the time he was born till then. But, but it was, you know, um, you know, Jesus, it's time to come in for recess. 
you know, then he went in. Um, he, if, if his friends were going, no, let's stay out a little bit longer, uh, and we don't have to go in, we can just be late, you know, but, you know he was obedient uh, in, those, in those ways, but he experienced that. It wasn't like, um, if you only knew, as, you know, as a 10-year-old, to his, his friends, like, you know, how dare you tempt God Almighty? Because he was a boy. And then he, then he was, you know, a, a teenager. And then he, then he was a man. Um, 100% both. Uh, am I confusing you? Uh, so that's that hyperstatic union. We put labels on it uh, to try to help um, wrap our mind. Uh, but he, he, uh, he did this uh, as the plan of God so that he might be a merciful High priest, uh, that he you know um, uh, he would be able to understand, but he's also faithful. So not only was Jesus a merciful, or is a merciful mediator, he's a he's a, a faithful one. Um, his faithfulness to God uh, is seen. Uh, the Father is in is seen in two ways. First, he was faithful as uh, mankind's sin bearer. He was faithful to to the cross. Um, he's, he's sweating, uh, you know, sweat beads of blood. Um, he, he, did, did he, he say, let this cup pass from me? Uh, he endured that. Every aspect of, of the run-up to the crucifixion, the crucifixion itself, um, you know, the, 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 the prayers that he cried out to God on the cross, all of that was done in obedience to God the Father uh, as, as, the, as Jesus, the Son of God. Um, and he did it so he can be a merc- he's a merciful and faithful um, high priest uh, to that. So, so nothing deterred him uh, from the cross. Uh, he, he drank the bitter cup uh, of, of that. And, and uh, so... Um, and by the way, there's never been another example of faithfulness like that. Um, you know, uh, when you can, we could talk about the whole thing about, um, I, I talked uh, years ago, whatever, the, had the medical term, I forget what it was, but how when the, they pierced his, his heart and, uh, and out came water and blood. And the medical condition about you can get so, you can have so much stress um, uh, that you, your heart can explode uh, and, and water and blood comes out. There's a medical term. You can look it up. You can Google it uh, and find out what it is. But the sins, the sins of the whole world, uh, past, present, future, um, being laid upon you uh, on Calvary would do something like that. And, and he was faithful. The second way that his faithfulness is demonstrated is uh, is representing us to the Father. So he's at God's right hand, uh, and, uh, and he faithfully prays for us. He intercedes for us. His compassion, um, his tender mercy, he's long-suffering towards us. Uh, he, he knows our frame. Uh, he knows we're but dust. How does he know all that? Well, he's God, but he went through it. 
he, he knows exactly what you're going through. So when we approach the throne room of, of grace in prayer, we, we don't go to Jesus because the Father's hard to talk to. Like the gypsy man was describing, we go to him because he understands, he knows. Uh, and, in, and so he is our, our perfect mediator. He is our perfect priestly uh, propitiator, um, the, the substitute uh, for us. Uh, and uh, and uh, so when you think of verse number 17, wherefore all things, and it says, in, you get to the latter part, and things pertain to God to make reconciliation uh, for the sins of uh, the people. And so uh, he is... Um, literally, he did that to substitute himself uh, for us to make atonement. Uh, again, which some some verses use the or some Bible translations use the word atonement there instead of reconciliation. Uh, and and um, in they're similar, but things that are different are not the same. Uh, I remember seeing that on Sesame Street, or I don't know what it was, electric company or something, uh, way back in the day. Uh, and uh, so uh, it is. He is our reconciliation. Uh, it, it obscures when you don't when you don't look at Jesus being our substitute. The, propi- the propitiation uh, means that God has satisfied His personal wrath um, through the death of His Son. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's theological, and, and, and you might not necessarily, you, you might not, you know, expound what we're doing tonight to somebody on their doorstep um, as you're out soul winning on Saturday. Um, but it, it, what it does do is it makes me suspect of somebody who, one, two, three, pray after me. Um, salvation is as simple as God has made it. Salvation by grace through faith. Um, but you, but you have to understand that Jesus died for you, and He didn't die for you to give you a way to heaven that's not the way you thought you were going to go. He died for you because God's wrath needed to be satisfied, uh, and your sin needed to be forgiven. He was your propitiation, your substitute. We say, we simply explain Jesus died on the cross for you. And for me, uh, he is the perfect propitiator, uh, but he's also, and I've got to, I have to hurry, <laughs> excuse me, he's our perfect priestly helper. So Paul, uh, I think it's the writer of Hebrews, uh, is, is bringing us through a very kind of comforting uh, progression of thought uh, in describing who he is uh, as our mediator, our propitiator, our helper, who he himself suffered when he was tempted. Then it says, verse number 18, for in, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted. This is the anchor. We talked about, you know, our hope is the anchor for the soul. Uh, this, this verse here is the anchor verse for verse number 10. When we read back, he was made the captain of our salvation uh, perfect through suffering. He suffered being tempted. Because of that, he is able to succor those um, who are tempted. Uh, he, he is our present help in time of need. We go to the throne of grace f- for help. 
from a high priest who, who, can, who can furnish aid to us, who can succor us uh, in, in those times because he completely understands as the, as the God-man. Uh, he, he, in, in what I'm trying to communicate to you is, is we, we don't pray like we ought to. We don't pray nearly as, as much. And in, in, in we, in we, we pray to, um, to God, you know, in the Spirit, through the Son, because we read in the Bible where that's what we're supposed to do. And so we'll pray, dear Heavenly Father, we'll, we'll close those prayers in Jesus' name. Um, but, it's, but it's more than that. Um, it's not because God doesn't want to hear us. We draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh unto us. I mean, that's really what this is all about. We need to get closer to him and closer to him more than ever because he's coming back soon. Um, but when, when you go to him about the temptation that you have, fill in the blank. He suffered that same temptation and knows exactly what you're feeling. And, 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 and he gives us a way of escape. And he's given us, he's illustrated it for us in one respect by combating the temptation with the word of God. Uh, knowing that we can endure, he's given us the perspective. Everything's temporal and it's right now. Uh, it's better to suffer for well-doing than for wrongdoing. Um, that we're put our bodies, our flesh under subjection. We're supposed to walk in faith. Uh, and uh, if you're in the flesh, um, we battle it. He helps us to recognize the things we want to do, we don't. Uh, and he's given us everything that we, that we need, spiritually speaking, and the Holy Spirit of God to help combat all of that and to be faithful. He's merciful and a faithful high priest. He's interceding uh, and, and he knows exactly, exactly what you're going through. And uh, because, it, because he was 100% man uh, in the incarnation. As deep, as deep as you can get when you think of the theological implications of all of that. But in a practical way, it's when, 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 you, when you're struggling um, and, you, and you, you go to the throne room of grace where, G, where Jesus, the second part of the Trinity, is interceding for you, absolutely gets it. And it has as much to do with what he suffered as it does with his, um, his omnipotence, his omniscience rather, that would be the word, his all-knowingness. He knows us. He knows what we're, what we're, we're going to say. He knows what we're going to do. He's a sovereign God. Um, but, but he is a merciful and faithful high priest who loves us and cares for us, who wants us to, to, to pray to him um, in that respect. So I'm hoping that the little phrase that the gypsy man said uh, in a passing conversation about his dad, for me, sparked a whole lot of theological um, thought, I guess. Um, but it's right where we're at here in Hebrews with this theme. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I don't like when people like, you know, dear baby, no, baby Jesus, help me. And all the irreverent stuff that people say um, about God and him, man upstairs and all that kind of stuff bugs me. Um, but, but Jesus... 
The life of Christ, as you read it in Scripture, and in all that he suffered and endured, um, he did that for me. And, and there's, there's nobody that I can go to on this earth that knows me and that can help me uh, more than Jesus. But you think of how many times you try to help yourself or go to somebody else and whatever, you know, yeah, you can go to a counselor. I'm not against going, seeing counselors and, and, and whatever. I'm not against any of that. But God help you if you haven't prayed. If you've not gone to the throne room of grace because nobody gets it more. We want, we want empathy. We want people to understand what we're going through. And, um, and you, have, you have at least one person, if you will, that knows all of it. And it was it was a and, and that's what makes him such a wonderful. He himself hath suffered being tempted; he is able to succor them that are tempted. Then he goes, wherefore again, chapter number three, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers, of, he, he, who was faithful to him, and, he, and he's rehearsing, uh, you know, how faithful he is and in, in what he has done, and uh, and that he is, um, you know, uh, son over his own house. Where we're not supposed to worship the creation more than the creator, like I, I can verse number three, and this is again, it says, you know, he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. And and there's just so much great stuff in there, and uh, building that case of of how great and wonderful God is, so that when we we're supposed to draw near to Him. Uh, and, and stand and hold fast to our profession of, of faith and, and go to church. Um, it, it's, it's, it's way more important than the Sunday school rule and church attendance and reporting to the sword of the Lord how many we had you know, in a service. Um, we don't do that. To do that, you'll need to be online. Okay, I got, I'm trying to turn it off. <laughs> I'm not online. And, uh, and so let me try again. Fire it off, yeah. My, my Siri is an Australian woman. Uh, and she, she schedules things for me uh, and, uh, when I ask her to. Amen. All right, we're out of time. We'll continue with that uh, uh, a part of Hebrews chapter number three probably this next week. And I hope that, uh, um, and by the way, the conversations that you can have with people, if you're having spiritual conversations, can parlay into wonderful personal Bible study and things like that. But if you never talk to people about spiritual things, it's always just, you know, whatever, um, then you won't. And, uh, and so let that be another takeaway.